Hour number two of the morning after begins right here on Sports Grid, Sirius XM Channel 204. I'm your host, Ben Stevens. And in this second hour, it is my distinct honor to welcome on the man we call DMB. No, not Dave Matthews Band. Even better, Drew Martin Betts. Drew and I will have a little sampling of everything in hour number two around the NFL. Some news and notes to get you set for Sunday of week number five. We'll dive in to that National League wildcard game out in L.A. tonight between the Dodgers and the Cardinals. And of course, where would we be without Drew Martin's best bets when it comes to college football week number six? Maybe a little war eagle in your future there, Drew? Hey, possibly, Ben. And, and, and first off, thanks for having me on, buddy. Always love working with you, usually in the late, late night hours uh, a couple months ago. But uh, good to be on here early on the West Coast. Heck, it's early on the East Coast. But um, Big Ten Ben, Ben Stevens, always fun, buddy. And talking about War Eagle in Georgia, of course, the uh, Deep South's oldest rivalry. We can get into that. We got, what, ALNL. Uh, we got to recap the what happened last night and uh, wild card. Uh, MLB, you know, I, I think you can make the argument it's it's one of, or if not the most fun game to watch as a fan, Ben, just because it's it's one and done. It's like a seven games. It's like game number seven in a seven game series, man. All hands on deck. That's really fun. And lastly, you know, Dave Matthews Band to compare me to one of the greatest of all time in music. That's an honor. Uh, I've been to many concerts, some of which I remember. And DMB, I can share the stage with Dave Matthews Band, no doubt about it, Ben. Drew, when you and I first started working together, it was back in the month of March. It was conference tournament time in college basketball into the NCAA tournament. I compare these wildcard games to that scenario. Winner take all, one game, survive in advance, and move forward in the postseason. We will have a full preview of that National League wildcard game coming up in just a few moments. But the story of the week so far, at least in the National Football League, Drew, has been the Urban Meyer mess in Jacksonville. We all know the situation. (laughs) We have all seen the video. Videos. A quiet dinner with the grandkids became a raucous environment out on a dance floor with a couple of younger people. Okay, Urban, whatever you have to say. But yesterday, Jaguars president and owner Shad Khan putting out this statement addressing the issues with Urban Meyer, saying, I have addressed this matter with Urban. Specifics of our conversation will be held in confidence. What I will say is his conduct last weekend was inexcusable. I appreciate Urban's remorse, which I believe is sincere. Now he must regain our trust and respect. That will require a personal commitment from Urban to everyone who supports, represents, or plays for our team. I am confident he will deliver, end quote, out of Shad Khan. So, the Urban Meyer mess. How could this have been predicted? Not flying back with his team after the loss to Cincinnati last Thursday night. Drew, in the offseason, I was all over. The Jaguars' alternate team win total under that was at plus 240 on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Why? Because Urban Meyer has no place to be a head coach, maybe in anywhere in college football or around the football universe, but especially in the National Football League. And it has been a house of horrors for Jacksonville through the first four weeks of this NFL season. Not only winless 0-4, but now your head coach dancing with people is the storyline surrounding this team that has the number one overall pick in Trevor Lawrence. 
And somehow the Jags team win total is at three and a half right now live on the FanDuel Sportsbook. The under has the juice at minus 135 as we welcome in our Sports Grid Radio audience here the second hour of the morning after getting underway. You are listening on Sirius XM Channel 204, the Mightier 1090 out on the West Coast. I am Ben Stevens. He is Drew Martin. And Drew, as we're talking about this, the Jaguars winless 0-4 so far this year. The only other winless team in the NFL, the Detroit Lions also 0-4. 0-4. There are odds for who will be the last winless team in the NFL this season on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Detroit is the favorite if you want to conceptualize it that way at minus 180. The Jags at plus 160. Who do you think, Drew, wins the game first? It's a fascinating handicap. It really is, Ben. And and I would say the Detroit Lions, you know, right off here, I think the market has it priced about correctly here as them as the pretty hefty favorite, quote unquote, for the Lions at minus 180. You bring up the Urban Meyer news, Ben, and obviously, you know, the Big Ten well, you, you know, Urban Meyer well. And even before his Big Ten days, you know, he was in Gainesville, Florida, and there was a scenario which it ended up being, you know, he had health issues. And I say health issues in quotations because, you know, there was some chest uh, issues that he was complaining about, supposedly. But if you uh, were in on in the inside in the Sunshine State with the University of Florida, there was also some rumors about him in a, a close relationship with the volleyball coach at the University of Florida, which I don't know if it did, ever made the uh, national media news, but a lot of Gator alumni uh, w- were talking about that. So. This has kind of come in his past before, Ben. It's something where, you know, I think there's two sides to this. Does a 25-year-old NFL player really care what his coach is doing when it's not, you know, actual comes to practice and games? I think there's an argument to be made for that. But overall, when you're the guy that has to hold the team accountable and this stuff comes out on social media, it's in no way a good thing, Ben. So uh, I, I don't think it helps the Jaguars in any way. That's putting it lightly. And uh, I'd be with you. I'd be kind of looking to fade the Jaguars going forward, Ben. The Jags only a four-point underdog to the Tennessee Titans this upcoming weekend. The Detroit Lions, the other winless team, have the Minnesota Vikings on the road. They are getting seven and a half points there. Both teams, by the way, also have odds to go 0-17 the entire season. The yes for that to happen plus 1,600 on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Jacksonville has a rookie quarterback. We talk Offensive Rookie of the Year next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to the morning after on Sports Grid, Sirius XM Channel 204 for the second hour, all the way up to 11 a.m. Eastern with Drew Martin. I am Ben Stevens. We were talking the Jacksonville Jaguars. Well, the Jags had the number one overall pick in this past draft. And of course, 
they selected Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence was the favorite to win the NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year, but now that we're four weeks into this NFL campaign, and based on seeing a lot of rookie QBs play so far in the early portion of this season, where have the odds gone? It is time for Market Movers. And boy, oh boy, have those NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year odds shifted in a large way. These odds were snapshotted back in the middle of August, August 14th to be exact. And at that time, in the preseason, throughout training camp, Trevor Lawrence had by far the shortest odds to win the NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year award. He was plus 280. The second shortest odds were Justin Fields at plus 550, Trey Lance at 6 to 1, Zach Wilson at plus 850, Najee Harris at plus 900, Mac Jones, the starter in New England, although not at the time, plus 1000. Now, Trevor Lawrence plus 700, Justin Fields plus 900, both of those odds working against them. Trey Lance has held fast at plus 600. I think that's a very interesting number. Zach Wilson odds worked against him, 16 to 1. Najee Harris also plus 1600, and Mac Jones now one of the co-favorites to win the NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year at plus 400. Now, Drew, on this graphic, we need to make a note. You see Mac Jones at plus 400, tied for the shortest odds to win this award right now with Cincinnati's Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase was not on the odds boards that we had screenshotted back in the middle of August, but after a tremendous start to the year for the young rookie wide receiver in Cincinnati, Jamar Chase now one of the co-favorites on the FanDuel Sportsbook at 4-1 to to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. The reason why? 17 receptions so far on 25 targets this year from Joe Burrow. He is averaging 17.5 yards per catch so far and has four touchdowns in four games. That is tied for the second most among NFL-wide receivers in terms of reception touchdowns so far this year. But Drew, let's focus on the board that we have in the market movement we have seen, especially some of those rookie quarterbacks across the National Football League. In terms of value or movement perspective, what draws your eye most? I would probably go to Trevor Lawrence and that and that big of a of an uptick, you know, from plus 280 to plus 700. Obviously, the favorite there, Ben. What, what jumps out at me right off the top, Ben, is plus 280 on anybody. I think is a little bit too rich here. I mean, it, going mm -hmm. into the season for a rookie, I, you want a little bit more. You know, risk a hundred bucks first off. You know, on any futures bet, and this goes for for across sports here. The, you're locking up your money for a while. So you always kind of want to pump the brakes on that and make sure you're getting a huge plus price back at plus 280. I don't know if that's enough for me, especially with the volatility we're getting here with a rookie of the year future, meaning nobody really knows. We, we have experts spending their, their whole career. You know, how is a kid in college going to do in the NFL? And they get it wrong at a very high percentage of the time. So at plus 280, I, th that wouldn't interest me at all. Now at plus 700, Actually, with a with a player like Trevor Lawrence that, you know, you, you, you kind of not that, you know, but you're more confident he's putting in the work, you know, in the book work, in the in the film room. And I would think that a player like him, his type of profile, he's young. He's already like going down the, the, the family stage. You know, he's already married. He's putting in the time you would see for him or at least think that he would get better as the season went on. Justin Fields, plus 550 to plus 900. That is a big plus price on him, and he's already getting repetitions here. 
at the starting nod. And then you bring up Mac Jones, and you kind of recapped it very well, Ben, plus 1,000 to plus 400. Although that's mainly, at least in my view, due to the structural shift of him being the projected as the backup quarterback and now being the starter for the Patriots. So Mac Jones here at plus 400, that might be a look as well. I would maybe wait for him to have like a, a, a bad game where he turns it over, th- throws a pick six or something where the Patriots lose the game. You get a, even more of a plus price in that situation. Maybe wait a week or two if something like that happens and jump on Mac Jones. But overall, that's what kind of jumps off the board at me, Ben. Yeah, I think Mac Jones now doesn't have all that much value. That number seems a little bit short on the starting quarterback for the New England Patriots. Mac Jones is deserving of being the co-favorite right now for the NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year when you look at the numbers, but I think you've missed your best number in terms of a price perspective and a plus money value perspective on Mac Jones. So far this year, the highest quarterback rating of all the rookie QBs that you see right there, five on that list. He is a 70% completion percentage, averaging about 253 passing yards per game, four touchdowns, four interceptions, but was very impressive and efficient in that game against Tom Brady this past Sunday night on Sunday Night Football, Tom's return to Foxborough. Talking about those rookie quarterbacks, you see five right there on the list. Four of the five of the rookie QBs have started at least two games so far this year. All rookie quarterbacks have one win or less. The one with less is Trevor Lawrence, who is still yet to win a game for the Jacksonville Jaguars this year. T-Law has seven interceptions through his first four games. Zach Wilson, eight interceptions through his first four games. Justin Fields, a shaky start in his first career start against the Cleveland Browns. Much better last week in a win over the Detroit Lions, dotting a couple of beautiful balls in there that will bring a single tear to your eye that runs down your cheek as you watch NFL games on a Sunday. But my focus right now, Drew, is on that other rookie quarterback yet to start a game Might he start this upcoming Sunday for the San Francisco 49ers? And that being Trey Lance. Because of some of the injury issues around Jimmy Garoppolo, that status uncertain for Sunday's game against the Arizona Cardinals dealing with that calf injury, Trey Lance's odds have stayed the exact same in the preseason at plus 600 to now plus 600 as well. And I think you correlate these markets anytime you look at the futures board. If Trey Lance at plus 600 has value right now, it's because the San Francisco 49ers are still projected to be a good team in the NFL. Their odds overall have gotten a ton longer. They were the favorites to win the NFC West entering this season. Now they have the longest odds at plus 550. They are 13 to 1 now to win the NFC, but their team win total for San Fran is still nine and a half. The over has the juice there at minus 145. San Francisco also minus 130 to make the playoffs. If Trey Lance is going to be the guy, even if Jimmy Garoppolo comes back, but Trey Lance has now won the job for Kyle Shanahan and that Niners offense, I think Trey Lance has the value at plus 600. Nine of 18, 157 yards and two touchdown passes in relief duty this past Sunday against the Seahawks. Also ran the ball for 41 yards at plus 600 right now. I think Trey Lance had value and still has value for the NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year. Sure, Ben. And speaking to your point, if Trey Lance is the quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers and the 49ers make the playoffs, now you're looking real pretty with that plus 600 on the rookie uh, rookie of the year because j- just just the setting of him being the starting quarterback on a playoff team is going to project him very high up there. I'm not saying he's going to win it because of that, but it's going to put him in a very good position. He's a really tricky handicap for me, Ben, just because 
what are we really going off of here? Yes, he played in some preseason football, but going back to his college days, it was at the FCS level, not a lot of games because of COVID. Now he's coming up here to the 49ers. And you brought up the point of the 49ers and how good of a team they were coming in. I mean, the talent on that roster top to bottom, Ben, is very good. You know, it projects well in the NFL, in the division. And that defense, let's not forget, just two years ago, this defense brought them all the way within a half of winning the Super Bowl. Jimmy G as the quarterback. I think it is a drop-off with Jimmy G not being the quarterback there, so we'll have to see him perform. But if he performs well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, you know, pump the brakes too long on placing this bet because that plus 600 might move down very, very fast, Ben, if he performs well on the field. Yeah, it could happen with a competitive performance against the only unbeaten team left in the NFL, the Arizona Cardinals, this upcoming Sunday. Now we move back to postseason baseball. We call him Plus Money Martin. He was all over the Plus Money underdog last night in the AL Wild Card. An NL Wild Card preview is next here on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Back right here on the morning after on Sports Grid. You're listening on Sirius XM Channel 204. I am Ben Stevens. Ah, October. What a beautiful month of the calendar year. We have football in the NFL and the collegiate ranks and also postseason baseball across MLB. And might be the best time in a one-game scenario, winner-take-all, wild card games across both leagues last night in the american league the red sox as the home underdog prevailing with some plus money knocking off their rivals in the yankees six to two tonight out in los angeles the dodgers host the st louis cardinals drew martin and i are going to give you a full breakdown of this game let's establish the line first for this game drew because you have the dodgers who had 106 wins this year, a 16-game leg up over those Cardinals in the difference in the wild card standings, the heavy, heavy favorite right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook. A little bit of line movement in the last 10 minutes, also in the favor of the home team tonight out at Chavez Ravine. The Dodgers were minus 230 earlier this morning, now currently minus 235 on the FanDuel Sportsbook. The Cardinals plus 194 as the away underdog. The total of this game, 7.5, and the under has the juice when you look at how you want to lay the price for the over and the under tonight. Drew, it's Max Scherzer for the Dodgers. It's old Uncle Chuck, Adam Wainwright for the St. Louis Cardinals. A great pitching matchup out in Los Angeles tonight. Where do you go first in this game? Well, off the bat, Ben, uh, how I look to bet kind of wild card games, look to do it last night, look to do it tonight is, you know, always look for plus money. I like to in these situations because it all comes down to one game. And yes, a lot of people will point towards the Dodgers and their top notch bullpen. But 
I would add in the fact, you know, the Cardinals winning those 17 games straight, a lot of that was due to their bullpen and their hot lineup. And sure enough, my numbers show the Dodgers is the the second best bullpen in baseball, only behind the Rays, and the Cardinals the third best bullpen. So they've kind of closed that gap, Ben. And then you add on the fact, well, that gap is even closed more because it's all hands on deck. You know, you're not necessarily if Wainwright goes five innings and you need a pitcher in the sixth, that's not going to be your fourth best relief arm. You know, thinking you're going you're going to throw a guy in the sixth, seventh, eighth, and ninth inning. That's your next best pitcher up, and even more so, I think that that points towards the Cardinals. Now, the Dodgers, you mentioned it, over a hundred wins on the season. It's tough to go against the Dodgers. It always is, but the price point here. Over minus 220. Keep in mind, guys, risking $220 just to win 100. That's kind of expensive in my mind, uh, Ben. So I would look towards the Redbirds here. And heck, over the last month, this is the hottest team in baseball. They, they're the healthiest they've been all season long as well. The Dodgers a little bit banged up. So give me that big plus price underdog with the Cardinals, Ben. That's the way I'm looking tonight. That's taking a stand on a Wednesday morning on the morning after. They don't call him Plus Money Martin for no reason, folks. Even looking to the St. Louis Cardinals as a huge underdog against the Dodgers tonight. Currently plus 194 on the FanDuel Sportsbook. That's a nice plus money sprinkle on that money line if you want to back the underdogs. So let's talk about this game also from a hottest team in baseball perspective. The Cardinals are here because they won 17 straight games in the month of September. That 17-game winning streak snapped on September 28th. But that is why the Cardinals were able to clinch a spot in the National League postseason. The Dodgers, meanwhile, 106 wins this year, only one win away from being the best team in all of baseball, and it just so happened that best team in baseball was also in the National League West in the San Francisco Giants. That's why the Dodgers are in this NL wildcard game. But L.A. did not make it easy on San Francisco. The Dodgers won seven straight to end out the regular season. From August 7th on, the Dodgers were 41-11. and 41-11 and over the final two months of the regular season for L.A. So the hottest team in baseball over the last month? Yeah, maybe you give the slight edge to the St. Louis Cardinals, but do not overlook what the Dodgers have done to get to this point as well. A one-game winner-take-all scenario, though, tonight in Los Angeles at Dodger Stadium. And let's dive in even deeper, Drew, to the starting pitchers on the bump tonight. Max Scherzer for the home team in L.A., acquired at the trade deadline from the Washington Nationals. The Dodgers are a perfect 11-0. In the 11 starts Max Scherzer has made in a Dodgers uniform. Max Scherzer himself, 7-0 with a 1.92 ERA since coming over to the Dodgers ball club. You look on the other side, Adam Wainwright, 40 years old. We affectionately call him Uncle Charlie. 17-7 this year, a 3.05 ERA. Did face the Dodgers once this season back in early September that started the 17-game winning streak. And Adam Wainwright was victorious, as were the Cardinals, winning 5-4. Wainwright went 8 and a third, did give up four earned runs, but held on to get the win in that game. So as we look at the strikeout props for both starting pitchers tonight in this National League wildcard game, Max Scherzer is on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Seven and a half. The over has the juice at plus 102. Adam Wainwright on the other side. His K prop tonight drew four and a half. The over also has the plus money. I should say the over has the plus money for Scherzer. The under has the juice for both of these guys. So the plus money to the over on both strikeout props tonight. Scherzer at seven and a half. Wainwright at four and a half. Any value in your mind, Drew Martin, with some plus money to the overs for either of these starting pitchers tonight? 
Sure, Ben. And, and you know, who doesn't like a good K prop, especially in a one and done scenario here? Scherzer, you know, Max Scherzer, what can we say? He's got a big name. You know, it comes with a, a price tag on it. He's been a great one of the best pitchers in baseball. I mean, the man has two different colored eyes. It, it, it's awesome to watch him, you know, from up close here. And, and you know, I don't know what percentage of the, the population has that metric in terms of two different colored eyes. But I do know. A very, very small metric of the population can throw a baseball as well as he can accurately. But the fact is, Ben, when you look at uh, Max Scherzer in his last two starts, he's let up as many as many runs as he has innings pitched. It's one thing that I really focus in on is how have you done recently? And sure enough, he's given up 17 hits in his last 10 innings completed. That is not something I would actually look to be betting on. His velocity, something that I like to watch, was a tick down as well, which I actually look to fade. So it kind of correlates here with some of the reasons I'm betting the Redbirds at the plus 190 price tag. Also towards his strikeout prop against the Cardinals, I would look towards under in his strikeout prop. And also on Wainwright's side of things, not so much in terms of you know recent performance, not, not wanting to bet his strikeout prop to the over, but if you're worried about Wainwright here, it's because his home road splits. He's a lot better at home, and sure enough, tonight he's going to be pitching in Southern California. That's one thing that worries me, uh, backing the Cardinals uh, starter here. And then lastly, and this, this, this has to do with both pitchers here, it's just kind of the concept of going into a one-and-done game, Ben. You know, just a reminder out there, first sign of trouble they're going to likely get the get the yank. You know, they're going to go into the bullpen, and I say bullpen in quotation marks because it could be another starting pitcher for each of these two teams. And, and we saw it last night. You know, uh, uh, Garrett Cole kind of was shown the door early, and maybe if that was a regular season game, he would have been able to work through it and get more strikeouts there. So that's why with both pitchers, especially on Scherzer's side, I would look towards the under, Ben. I said that Wainwright win, by the way, against L.A. back on September 8th was the start of the 17-game winning streak for St. Louis. I lied. I did some bad math. That happened a few days later, but still a good performance for Adam Wainwright that maybe he draws back on tonight on the yep. road in Los Angeles. When I look at these strikeout prompts, we predicted what might happen to Max Scherzer's number and the juice and the price that you have to pay. The over did have plus money just a couple of hours ago at plus 102. It's now in the minus money category, minus 104 to the over of that 7.5 K prop. When you look at St. Louis, not a team that struck out a ton throughout this Major League Baseball season. The sixth lowest K rate against righties all year long at 22.2%, but in the last month, that number went up to end out the regular season. The 12th highest mark at 23.7%, a difference of 1.5% moving up. The Cardinals striking out more frequently against right-handed pitching. Max Scherzer in the 11 starts he has made for the Dodgers, he has gone over this number of 7.5, six of those 11 starts. On the other side, Adam Wainwright facing a Dodgers team that against righties does not strike out a ton. The 11th lowest K rate against righties all year long at 22.7%, down a little bit in the last month as well, only 20.8%. So I would not touch Adam Wainwright's strikeout prop. He's not necessarily a strikeout pitcher at this stage in his career. He has not gone over four and a half strikeouts since the month of August. I would look at Scherzer's strikeout prop, though, because unlike Garrett Cole last night in his performance, the thought is Max Scherzer can give you, in a big game scenario, six 
or seven innings. And I think he can get over that strikeout number of seven and a half. Nathan Avaldi went over his strikeout prop last night, finishing with eight. His strikeout prop was six and a half for the Boston Red Sox. So I would look to Scherzer's K-prop before I would look at Adam Wainwright's K-prop. This also coming from our associate producer, Jack Weinberger. Of course, Max Scherzer is from the St. Louis, Missouri area. Maybe wants to take it to the hometown Redbirds tonight. Drew, here's one other area I look at from a prop perspective for tonight's National League wildcard game. One of the hottest hitters on both teams is Corey Seager for the LA Dodgers. Over the weekend in the final series against the Brewers to end out the regular season, he was six of 11. He has a five game hitting streak right now. He has had multiple hits in five of the last seven games for the Dodgers, a hit alone in 10 of the last 11 games. He was also two for four against Adam Wainwright back in early September. Corey Seager to record multiple hits tonight, two or more hits on the FanDuel Sportsbook, is plus money, Drew Martin, at plus 120. That plus money is something that I know you can get behind. What I also know Drew can get behind is college football. Looking at the landscape for week number six. Every week, DMB comes on and gives us his best bets for the weekend of college football. We look to do that coming up next. Drew Martin, an Auburn alum. Auburn, the Deep South's oldest rivalry against Georgia this weekend. Can the Tigers cover a 15 and a half point spread? We ask Drew coming up next right here, Sirius XM Channel 204. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to the morning after on SportsGrid, Sirius XM, Channel 204. I am Ben Stevens, and in this second hour of TMA, of our program, yes, I say program intentionally because it's college football time, and all coaches in the SEC call it a program, and of course, we need to focus <laughs> on the Southeastern Conference with our man, Drew Martin-Betts. We call him Drew, which he has gone by since his T-ball days. We know him with Plus Money Martin, Drew Martin-Betts, his best bets for week number six of college football. We also know Drew as an alum of Auburn, big War Eagle guy in a big showdown for Auburn this week at Jordan-Hare. The Tigers hosting the number two team in the country, the Georgia Bulldogs, and they are getting 15 and a half points as the home underdogs this upcoming Saturday, Drew. So I ask you, I don't know if Auburn wins, but can they cover against the dogs? Sure, Ben. Nice lead in here to the Deep South's oldest rivalry. Also called the Battle of Brothers. Not a lot of not a lot of land separating these two teams from Athens, Georgia to Auburn, Alabama. So this will be a fun one. Fun one to watch. 3.30 primetime on Saturday. And Ben, you kind of, you know, talked about it there with a, a big line. You know, we're getting, what, 15 points with Auburn and a low total. And if you're new to sports betting out there, low totals kind of correlate with big underdogs. Same thing with, you know, the over and the favorite. 
because if Georgia's going to win this, they're likely going to win going away. So you want to remember that if you're looking to bet both the total and the side. But Ben, coming into this one, you know, the Georgia Bulldogs, everybody knows about them. You know, you, you either got them ranked as the best or the second best team in the country, most likely. I would actually go back because I always like to, to be a little bit siding on the contrarian sports better side. And if you look at Georgia's mm. schedule here, who have they played? They played Arkansas. I think there's actually question marks with Arkansas. You know, that was an early game. Uh, what a 12 noon start, 37 nothing. They pretty much smashed them early and it was over. Other than that, they've played Vanderbilt, South Carolina, UAB. You would always expect Georgia to run through those three teams. And then a lot of people gave them a lot of credence beating at Clemson in that game, 10 to 3, I might add. Well, that Clemson offense hasn't turned in to be too too spectacular this season ben so um you know not that georgia doesn't deserve a lot they're five and oh four and one against the spread it is what it is but on the other side of things this auburn tigers team which i might add i wasn't very high on coming into this season i didn't agree with the uh gus malzahn firing not to mention handed him 20 million dollars on his way out i think ucf got a pretty good mm-hmm. deal there but auburn bringing in the new coach I actually think that they've because I, I thought that there would be kind of a talent, um, a talent leave, especially on the defensive front with the defensive line and the linebacker situation. But really, they have showed well. They went up to Penn State in Happy Valley. I would I would throw that up as a, a toss up loss against Penn State. And one of those situations, Ben, where they almost let one loss become two losses against Georgia State. Sure enough, I bet him against LSU. They looked really good against the LSU Tigers. And that is the team that I would expect to come out against Georgia at home, getting two touchdowns. I think we're going to get pretty good quarterback play, which we saw last Saturday. And this defense, I think it's uh, one of the best defense, if not the best defense, this Georgia offense will have seen all season long. Tough place to play there in Jordan Hairbin. I would actually lead you towards my alma mater for the first time on this show. It's not like I'm picking them all the time here, plus the 15 points on Auburn. That's the way I would lead you guys. That's true. Just because he's an Auburn alum does not mean he has picked the Tigers often this year on this show. I have asked him many a times, and he has expressed some skepticism about Bo Nix and this Auburn offense under first-year head coach Brian Harson. Bo Nix got benched two weeks ago against Georgia State. So what he did mm-hmm. last week in Death Valley, in Bahan Rouge, against the LSU Tigers was quite impressive. Can he do that against the best defense, not even an under question, in all of college football? The Georgia Bulldogs allowing their opponents to score less than five points per game. That spread has also worked in UGA's favor from 14.5 on FanDuel now to 15.5. So that, the Deep South's oldest rivalry, what a game it will be in Jordan-Hare this upcoming Saturday. Drew Martin, where else on the college football board for week number six do you find some attention? Sure, Ben. And, and actually, last thing, and, and I'll get to some other bets that I place on this card, Ben. A lot of times when a, a quarterback, especially a young quarterback, um, gets benched like they did there, I, I think that sometimes watching another player do your job and then getting and then coming back does actually uh, help a player like Bo Nix going forward in his career. So that's another kind of buy-on. Thanks for reminding me of that, Ben. Um, a couple other games wanted to throw out there. Houston and Tulane. This is a weeknight game. Actually, tomorrow night, Thursday night, Willie Fritz's crew um, in Tulane, the Green Wave, getting plus six against Houston. Actually, Tulane, when you look at their schedule, Ben, of who they've played, 
it's Ole Miss, it's Oklahoma. These are some tough games. So their their record of just one and four, I believe, is a little bit misleading. They lost that turnover battle against ECU, and the game kind of got away from them. Whereas Houston, four and one, they're only lost to Texas Tech. A lot of people think this Houston team is rolling. I don't think they're bad by any means, but beating Grambling, Tulsa, Navy, and Rice as their four wins, I wouldn't put too much into that. I think Tulane, the home underdog, keep in mind, short week here in the Big Easy. The Green Wave were a team that was kind of uh, in, in fluctuation with the hurricane situation there in the state of Louisiana. Now they're back at home, playing at home uh, with a, a a full week of practice here. So Tulane Green Wave plus six was one I was looking at. Ben, I feel like we got to bring up kind of the de- degenerate special of the week with UConn and UMass. Yeah. I mean, guys, if you were looking to bet just the bottom of the barrel in college football, this is right up your alley. UMass 290 yards the last two weeks combined. No, that's not last week. That's the last two games. This UMass team is uh, – is not very good at all, Ben. Let's, let's putting it lightly. We got UConn, 500-plus yards versus an SEC team just last week. Granted, it was Vanderbilt still. Getting that offense moving with a new quarterback behind center. I would go with the UConn Huskies over the UMass Minutemen. We talked about Georgia and Auburn. Hey, could talk about Auburn's nemesis here. They got two of them. I guess Georgia's one, but really the main one being Alabama against Texas A&M. And Ben, you know this, Texas A&M's offense is just not working this season. They're not getting the quarterback production. And we get Nick Saban, who's actually 19 and 13 when Alabama is favored by under 21 points. Of course, that being his last uh, 32 times that that's happened. And really a lot of people think Nick Saban when they're when they're a favorite he doesn't run it up very much but this is something i've noticed and i'd love to see that the trends are kind of backing what i'm thinking nick saban actually rolls he is a great bet when the team has a puncher's chance at beating him kind of in this price range he really likes to lay it on thick just go back to this season you know that first game against miami they, they really beat down the Hurricanes, Ben. And then that next week against Mercer, they were favored by, what, 45 points? They didn't cover the spread. And it, it was right around the spread, actually. And it was, it was the same profile of score, meaning Alabama doesn't run it up when they have no need to. But against teams like this in this price range, under 20 points, I would look for Alabama to really pour it on Texas A&M. A&M. Going back to the preseason, a lot of people thought, you know, in the SEC West, this would be the championship game for the division. Texas A&M and Alabama. It's not really looking like that now. I think Alabama rolls in that one, Ben. Yeah, I completely agree. Alabama favored by 17 and a half. And I don't think Alabama and Nick Saban are going to take too kindly to what Jimbo Fisher said back this summer. Don't forget, he said we're going to kick their tail or another word for that when they play Nick Saban this upcoming year. So 17 and a half with all that Nick Saban wants to prove in the favor of Alabama might seem like a lofty number. I don't think it's all that lofty. The over-under total for that game in College Station on Saturday night is 51 and a half. Drew, I want to take our attention back to one of the games you discussed because it's going to be a college football game that a lot of people have fun with this upcoming Saturday. UConn and UMass. The Huskies, (laughs) a three and a half point favorite. The total for that game, 55 and a half. When you have two teams that 
arguably are some of the worst in college football. How do you go about trying to present a handicap for that game? That's not just, hey, we're going to have fun, but hey, there might actually be an edge here in favoring UConn like you are. Sure, Ben. Uh, it's, it's a great question. First off, I go to, has one of the teams quit? Because quit in college football is a massive part of the handicap. And if you can circle those teams that have quit on the head coach, have quit on the on the season, and look to fade those teams, you can actually make a good amount of money. Now, I think it's early in the season. UConn hasn't quit. I mean, they almost won last week, and they put up their best offensive production so far this season. So they had that change at the quarterback. You look for a spark. As a sports better, I always look for change and go from that point forward because the odds makers have less data to go off of. That's, in my opinion, the best way to win at this business. We find that here with UConn. UMass on the other side of things, I'm not saying they've quit on the season. I do think it's too early. And I think Walt Bell overall, as their head coach, is a good head coach. And I think that he's probably the best the best person that UMass, the Minutemen, are able to get. So I'll give him credit for that. But still, at just plus three and a half, if you're really betting this, and I know three is a key number, you're really looking for UMass to win the game, or if not, you know, competitive towards the end and just lose by a field goal. I think UConn's going to win going away just because they've already gotten the offense rolling, Ben. That's the main reason I'm going after this handicap. Now, keep in mind, guys, this is not my biggest bet on the board. This is the bottom of the barrel in college football. What these two teams, Ben, are combined 0 and 9, 0 and 5, and 0 and 4, respectively, here. So, Pump the brakes. I'm betting a lot of money here, guys. But if you need a degenerate special, I would go with the team that's already kind of showed it offensively that they can move the ball, and that's the UConn Huskies side. Yeah, the UConn Huskies in their second straight winless battle back-to-back. They played Vanderbilt (laughs) last week. The Commodores getting the win there, now getting UMass this Saturday afternoon. It could be your second screen option to Georgia and Auburn because, Drew, you talked about something there I think presents itself in college football really on a regular weekly basis. And just a couple of your quick thoughts here on the idea that Georgia's a 15.5-point favorite. The total is only 47 and a half. You could look at the Bama A&M game. Bama, a 17 and a half point favorite. The total relatively moderate at 51 and a half. So when you see such large spreads with smaller totals for college football, what do the numbers Mm -hmm. tell you about a college football game? Uh, that, that it's going to be very low scoring and that one team is just going to dominate the, 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 the time of possession. So that's why, you know, I always like to say, you know, have your bets somewhat be correlated, whether it be props, whether it be side and total. If you like both the side and the total, I would very much tell you to pump the brakes on saying laying a big number and then also betting the under just because they're kind of going up against each other. You're going to need a lot to fall right in your favor in that game to cash both tickets. Whereas if you like Alabama or if you like Georgia and you see them rolling, uh, then then look to bet the over with the favorite. But, hey, if you think this Auburn defense can really step up and Georgia isn't going to be able to run the football, now granted they haven't looked all that great passing the ball, so that's a lot of my handicap here. I think Auburn defensively at home, We'll keep, we'll keep uh, Georgia offense at bay. That's why I lean towards the under, but even more so, I take the plus 15. I did so personally on the Auburn Tigers. More than two touchdowns in a top 20 tilt. One more question for Drew Martin as we round out our number two about the Deep South's oldest rivalry and something I personally will be doing on Saturday afternoon. That's next right here on The Grid, Sirius XM, Channel 204.
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hour two of the morning after comes to a close. I am Ben Stevens, and you are listening on Sirius XM Channel 204 across the Sports Grid Network. We say goodbye to our good friend Drew Martin as we round out this hour. But before he goes, we ask him one final question about his alma mater. In the football game Auburn is playing in this weekend, the Deep South's oldest rivalry against number two Georgia. Let's buy or sell. Okay, Drew, let me preface this first with what I am personally going to do until proven otherwise. Georgia has the best scoring defense in the country by far. I have said I'm going to bet the Bulldogs team or the Bulldogs opponents team win or team total under each and every week until proven otherwise. So my buy or sell question for you is buy or sell Auburn scores 10 points against Georgia this Saturday. Great question here, Ben. And I will first say, you know, the trend is your friend in sports betting. That is a great way to build your bankroll. So I don't want to talk you off of doing that. What I will talk you off of is making this particular bet, though, Ben. And the reason being the Georgia defense has faced the offenses of Arkansas, Vanderbilt, South Carolina, UAB, and Clemson to date. None of those teams are as good as the Auburn offense, which is one of only two teams in the SEC West to score 200 points so far this season. One of only four teams in the SEC to score 200 points this season. They got two quarterbacks that have shown well of recent in Bo Nix and TJ Finley, and they have an NFL running back in Tank Bigsby that's going to get his yards against this Georgia defense. I would I would really tell you to pump the brakes on betting it against Ben, but best of luck to you. I would tell you to bet the Auburn Tigers plus the 15 points. Here's the great thing. If Auburn only scores 10 points and they limit Georgia on the other side, you could still cover that big 15 and a half point margin for Auburn and Georgia this weekend. Drew Martin bets plus money. Martin, a gamut of everything today. Thank you for your time. We will talk to you soon here on the morning after happy hours up next. Stay with us here on TMA.